This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's talk about the housing market here uh, in British Columbia, especially here in Metro Vancouver. Now, getting into that market is never easy. The explosion of uh, housing prices has become a massive source of inequality, which can be addressed with progressive property tax reform, according to new research from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Now, the centre says that BC's residential real estate is, uh, has ballooned to over 2.1 trillion dollars. Now, that vast wealth remains minimally taxed. Uh, the majority of that 2.1 uh, trillion dollars, 1.5 of that, uh, is in uh, residential property wealth, is land value alone. The study says that it's time we tax some of that land wealth and use those dollars to build more affordable housing. Joining me now to talk about the issue is Alex Hemingway, Senior Economist and Public Finance Policy Analyst for the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. Alex, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So I was looking at uh, this study. Uh, Tell me, why do we need property tax reform uh, here in British Columbia in your mind? Well, look, I, I, we all know that we're in a, in a housing crisis and, and we've seen home prices and rents rise dramatically over a couple of decades amid that housing crisis and, and the shortage that we're in. Uh, now, the flip side of those, how, of those high prices is that property wealth uh, has absolutely ballooned in this province and it's become a massive source of inequality. Uh, and that's really the focus of this report. So, look... It, just the increase in residential property wealth uh, in BC has amounted to $1.7 trillion in less than two decades. So we're talking a, a, about a, a massive pool of, of property value and wealth here. And uh, really what the report does is lay out a menu of uh, actually provincially focused property tax policy options that can help address that inequality a raised revenue that can go towards badly needed public investment, including in affordable housing, uh, and also, uh, in fact, make uh, uh, real estate less enticing for passive forms of investment. We get into issues like land value taxes in the report as well. So that, that's it at a high level. Um, explain to me how, how the tax would work uh, then. Would it be uh, across the board for homeowners? Would it be focusing on a, a small percentage of homeowners to pay this this new tax? Walk me through what kind of revenue would generate as well. Yeah, so there's a we wanted to lay out a menu of options here. So so they vary, uh, largely focusing at the top end, but not entirely. So uh, let me give you a couple of examples. So we've we've gone part way down the road of progressive property taxation in BC. You know, the provincial government brought in the additional school tax on property value above $3 million uh, a number of years ago. So one of the policy options here is to actually increase those rates just above $3 million. So that's affecting less than 2% of the most expensive properties in the province. Uh, And actually adding a new bracket above $7 million, that could bring in 
$350 million a year in revenue. That's, that's our estimate. Another, uh, just to give you a flavor of one of the other options uh, that we propose here is actually taxing the total real estate holdings of large landowners rather than taxing each property separately. So you might own a dozen or, or 50, you know, $500,000 million condos and not be affected uh, by uh, that additional school tax above $3 million. But if we tax the total holdings, that would get at some of those larger landowners as well. So that's one of the options we explore in the report. There, you're looking at close to a billion dollars in, in revenue potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you say to the argument from people who I'm, I'm sure are listening right now? Wait a minute here. I, I put the down payment down. I saved for that down payment. I spent a lot of my life paying off that mortgage. And yes, property taxes have, uh, sorry, property values have gone up in that time. Uh, but uh, why am I being taxed for something I've already paid for? I have no control over that land that's going up. Uh, why should I be hit? Yes, it's a small percentage of folks that may have $3 million homes or whatever it may be, uh, but why should I be taxed when I've already, you know, I've, I've, I've put the hard work in. I've, I've paid off my home. Well, I think, yeah, it's, it, there's, a, there's something interesting to unpack there because there's the hard work and then and there's the, the land value increased through no fault of my own. So there's a bit of a tension between those two points, and I think that's important to get at. I think many uh, folks in British Columbia who have been lucky enough to become property rich understand that that those land wealth gains have been a stroke of luck. You know that that's where the value increase is coming. It's the value of the land. It's not improvements to the to the buildings on the property. That that's not where it's coming from. Uh, many folks understand uh, that that's like winning the lottery, and that's unintentionally come at the expense of others uh, with high housing prices, with growing inequality, and that's having a corroding effect on the social fabric. So I, I, I fully acknowledge it's not an easy conversation, but when we talk about, you know, uh, uh, wealth transfers on the order of, uh, you know, a trillion, trillion and a half dollars, that's so massive that it's a conversation that we have to have. And uh, uh, I think, you know, uh, looking at some of these, uh, particularly the, the top end uh, focused taxes is actually uh, something that is uh, politically palatable in a province like BC. And, and you saw things like the that tax above three million dollars uh, that w- that was brought in uh, were relatively popular in the polling. So I think, you know, it's a tough conversation, but it's one we need to have. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in the report, there was also a suggestion of applying a progressive property tax bracket at a lower threshold, so $1.5 million to cover, I guess, a greater portion of residential properties. Now, $1.5 million is probably a starter home, a single-family home in the suburbs these days. Um, uh, Do do you think, I mean, at at this point, when we talk about this issue, is this remotely palatable? Do you think any elected official is going to take this on? Because, I I mean, people already, like, complain about property taxes. We've certainly in the last year or two, they've gone up significantly compared to previous years post-COVID. You know, how do you sell this to the public that's going to go, wait a minute here, I pay my property taxes. You're telling me now I have to pay a little bit more because my land values have gone up significantly in the last 20 years? Yeah, look, I I think there's a... There's a few things to say there. Uh, when we talk about the option that starts at 1.5 million, yeah, that's that's broader base. That would affect about 12% of of BC households. So it's still the top end, but it's it's a, it's a lot of folks. Uh, and one of the points that we put forward there is that you know for folks who are uh, uh, property rich but cash cash flow limited, mm-hmm. uh, this can be a deferrable surtax, right? So that this can be deferred until the sale of the property, till those big 
value gains are realized. That, that's one way of approaching it. But we also have to realize, and I think just an important piece of context here, is that as property values have skyrocketed, uh, our property tax rates, our rates on assessed value, have declined dramatically uh, in this province, in the high-value centers, particularly in places like Vancouver. That's how we get to a situation where the property tax rates in Vancouver, but as a result of the way that we design the property tax system, are uh, near the lowest in, low, uh, in, in North America. And that has some negative consequences. That, that increases the inequality. It essentially means that we're locking in those land wealth gains. We're never going to talk about uh, uh, redistributing that, even though that uh, you know, land wealth gain com uh, comes from uh, collective efforts of a thriving city, of public investments in infrastructure. That's where land value comes from, as opposed to the, to the building value. Uh, and having low property tax rates, ultra low rates as we have, also makes real estate particularly enticing for passive investment. I mean, if you think about it, there are very few investments where as uh, the value of the investment increases, the property tax rate decreases. And that's how our property tax system works. That's a problem as well, and it spills over in, in, into the housing crisis. Why are, why are our property taxes low in, in, in your mind compared to other cities? How did we get here? Yeah, it's, a, yeah it, it's, a, it's essentially a mechanical effect of the way the property tax system works. So if you think about how other taxes work, income tax, sales tax, we set rates. And those rates apply as people's incomes and uh, expenditures vary. With property tax, those rates are changed every year. So as uh, property values increase, the mill rate, property tax rate, is decreased year after year to ensure that revenue doesn't uh, uh, go beyond whatever the city has said it's planning to to spend that year. Now, what we're saying is, you know, that has a negative effect on inequality. Also, if you brought in a little uh, extra revenue perhaps focusing on the top end, you can put that money uh, directly into uh, badly needed investment in affordable housing. So you can uh, address the problem from both sides in that sense. Now, the various levels of, of property uh, tax increases that you've talked about will raise, you know, dollars from $356 million to a billion, you were mentioning in our conversation, even more uh, depending on what the threshold is. Uh, ultimately, this money would, one assume, go towards building more affordable housing. Um, is the problem, if, if supply is the issue in regards to building more affordable housing ultimately, if that's the ultimate goal, uh, one could argue that, look, we're, we're in this position because the federal government and the provincial government to a certain degree, but mostly the federal government, got out of the affordable housing business um, in the 80s and early 90s in, the, in regards to their fight against the deficit. Uh, in the 1970s, I think we peaked early 70s in regards to home building in this uh, country at about 220,000 homes nationally. We're still in and around that number many decades later, which of course shows how far behind we are. Should we not be focusing on that and get the governments back into the house building business, or at least subsidizing affordable housing, the building of affordable housing, rather than worrying about these property tax increases uh, that sometimes, as you know, when these things go into general revenue, can get lost with the pet projects that politicians want to have. Well, instead, the federal government should be involved in focusing once again on getting more houses built. I think it's, a, it's an important question. And, and, you know, I've published other work on, on the housing crisis. The housing crisis is, a, is complex and absolutely to bring down housing prices and make housing more affordable. We need to massively increase public investment in non-market housing. We need to increase the overall housing supply dealing with, you know, min municipal level zoning roadblocks. Uh, that have been uh, suppressing housing creation for decades. Those are key elements of it. The property tax reform question serves a related but distinct purpose. It can help 
in terms of uh, uh, raising some of the revenue for that investment. Uh, it can help by uh, reducing passive investment uh, in, in real estate when we talk about a land value tax, for example. Uh, but fundamentally, and this is really a focus of the report, uh, we're talking here when it comes to property tax reform about addressing that accumulated massive inequality in land wealth uh, that's occurred as we've seen uh, property values run up by $1.7 trillion in two decades. You know, if we uh, make some real progress in terms of building housing and can flatline prices for, for years to come, that would uh, represent major progress on affordability. Uh, but we would still have had this massive transfer of wealth take place uh, and significantly increasing inequality in the province. And that's something that we need to uh, address as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it's a conversation that we need to have. I'll just quickly note one of the uh, uh, other proposals that we put forward in the report is that ahead of the next provincial election, we ought to, as British Columbia, convene a citizens' assembly on land and property tax reform because these are difficult uh, political questions. There are trade-offs to these policies, but it's a conversation we need to have if we're serious about addressing inequality and about uh, addressing the housing crisis. Alex, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks so much, Jeff.